Welcome to the Baptist Broadcast, where we do biblical, intellectual, and uncompromising theoretical, practical theology for God lovers. I am glad to be here in the studio office today. Uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we might call the metaphysics of evil. Now, that sounds like a really big word, metaphysics. Metaphysics is a strange field, not because of, of what it is in and of itself, but because we're really not that used to considering it in our post-enlightenment milieu. Metaphysics is formally stated as the study of being qua being. That is to say that metaphysics is the study of being as being. Uh, you can think of the other sciences, right? Biology, uh, you might think of archaeology, you might think of meteorology, and all of those sciences are, are we might call them sub-sciences. They are sub to metaphysics uh, because they're considering being as something, right? Being as meteorology, being as geology, being as biology being as archaeology, etc. Metaphysics takes a step back behind that and stands over that and asks questions about being itself. Um, so because we're not used to considering this, this, this field, uh, we often don't, uh, obviously we, we often don't consider its implications, right? We, we don't consider it itself at all. In fact, most of us assume a really bad metaphysics like something like metaphysics doesn't exist at all and um or 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 it's a really just twisted metaphysics where there is being but we make it what it is kind of thing and and we'd call that maybe nominalism or something like that or subjectivism uh, and um uh, we don't really consider me metaphysics as a a uh, as a real uh something that is is real and is independent of our intellects. Um, and again, in our post-enlightenment milieu, we, we think we are, uh, we think we, we make the assumption that we are the agents that determine what being is most fundamentally. And that's obviously gotten us into a lot of trouble. And uh, sorry, I've got like something weird in my teeth. I don't know what it is. I went on a run today outside yeah that's weird and so who knows maybe i got something uh maybe i caught something out there hmm. anyway sorry so uh all that to say is is you know we don't have a real good we don't really have a real good metaphysics um so thinking about metaphysics and and what it is the study of being itself you know and the and the and and the the height of metaphysics is is really the study of God. It's really theology because you're considering highest being. You're considering being in itself. Um, you know, when you're considering God, God doesn't. God is being. We would say because uh, he he just is, and he's being in himself because he doesn't depend on any other being to be. So God is kind of like the height of metaphysics. Um, but then we can also consider the metaphysics of things. Um, and, and a lot of the times this is, this is, well, a lot of the times this is always construed in terms of, uh, the universal and the particular, the one and the many, and also, uh, the, 
very important distinction between essence and existence. Now, the only reason I got into all of that was just to say that there is a study out there that really helps contextualize what we're about to talk about. And we're about to talk about the metaphysics of evil, uh, or the lack thereof, uh, really. Um, now, Christians have a hard time talking about evil, especially post-Enlightenment. Uh, so in the 18th century, uh, this little inconvenient event happened. It's really not little at all, and it, and it really just didn't happen in a vacuum. There was a lot of buildup. Uh, you, would, you would have a hard time as a historian trying to just put your finger on like when it all started, but, but it, it certainly didn't start in the 18th century. There were, there were things going on in the 16th and 17th centuries that were, you know, uh, prophetic leading up to leading up to the enlightenment of the 18th century. But in the 18th century, you know, the, the enlightenment scholars, you know, the two big ones are obviously Hume and Kant. Um, you know, just to make a, a long story short, really destroyed the prospect of really studying metaphysics meaningfully. And because of that, uh, Christians have had a really hard time talking about things like goodness and evil and even beauty, right? The transcendentals, <clears throat> you know, this whole thing, this whole saying now, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know. Uh, there was a time where people used to think quite rightly so, that beauty was objective. And now, now you know, it's all just a matter of opinion. Part of that is because of the Enlightenment. I don't know if all of it is, but part of it is the rise of rationalism in the 17th century as well. Um, but, you know, all, all these things happened in history, and, 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 and all of them, most of them, are beyond the scope of this, of this podcast. Um, but it helps to kind of have an idea of the historical background. Now, because of all that... Uh, because of that gross oversimplification, I, I just I just managed to push out of my mouth. Um, Christians have had a hard time talking about evil, and I'll tell you one of the ways, one of the main ways Christians have thought about evil, uh, just by way of assumption, really not not even thinking about it. Uh, one of the main ways Christians have thought about evil is in terms of dualism. So there's good and there's evil, and they're two competing forces, right? And and that's really the modern assumption, I think. If you were to ask like any layperson in a in a in kind of just a run-of-the-mill evangelical church, a question relevant to this conversation that would kind of get at the heart of the matter of their opinion as to what evil was, they would they would most likely construe some kind of a dualism. And then and then because they would assume some kind of a dualism. You bring that back to God being the creator of all things, and they have a really hard time accounting for the existence of evil, because again, evil is just this competing force with the good, um, and they have a hard time, you know, they, they're basically pushed into either saying, well, God created the evil, right? And so, contrary to the scriptures, there's evil in God, there's darkness in God or whatever, uh, moral evil, evil we're talking about. We're not just talking about ontological evil, but moral evil as well. God created all of that, or they're pushed into some kind of just irrationalism where where they're like, well, I just can't explain it. Uh, it is what it is, man. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's mystery. You know, they'll just punt it to mystery, which isn't really a valid uh, approach either. So um, so what do we do? Uh, how, how has this been discussed? in ages past 
And one of the things that has helped me, you know, theophany is is this huge, it's actually a field. Really, it's turned into a field in, in uh, academic apologetics uh, or, or you might even say natural theology where, you know, the problem of evil is a big field of research. And part of the reason it got so big was because of all the historical stuff we've already talked about. But the uh, the the problem here is again wrestling with the existence of evil. Notice I'm saying the existence, and I'm trying to emphasize those words for a reason, because that's part of the problem. We are speaking of evil. We are assuming things about evil, that, which makes evil a thing that was created by God. Okay, when in in reality, it's it's better to construe evil in terms of perversion or privation, privation of the good. Okay, so God creates, and everything that He creates is good because He is pure, perfect, and infinite goodness. And so everything, you know, you have this whole proportionate, you know, causality deal. Uh, everything begets its kind, basically to summarize it in, in creaturely terms. God is good and everything, so everything that he produces is good, right? So nothing that he produces is in and of itself evil. That's why we say creation is good, right? Um, there's nothing that I'm, that I'm, you know, surrounded by right now in my office, you know, uh, walls uh, behind which are two by fours, over which are, you know, is is sheetrock, uh, windows, posters, books, bookshelves, uh, this computer, um, uh, you know, my phone, you know, all of that, my microphone and, and these two monitors, uh, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by all these things and not one of these things in and of themselves are evil. And that's because they have being, right? Okay. And, and so taking this back to the metaphysical discussion of being, right? Uh, ontology, we might say. Um, something is good to the extent, to the extent it exists. All right. If that, if that makes sense. Okay. So, so follow that. Something is good to the extent that it exists, right? And we measure its existence in terms of its meeting its final cause. Now, what's a final cause? That's its end goal or its teleology. Okay. So I, I like to use trees to illustrate this. You can use pretty much anything, but but trees I think are good because they're biological life forms. There's some kind of, you know, there's life there. Um when a tree is at its healthiest and it's meeting its end as a tree, it is being a tree. Okay. God created it to do a certain thing. Its formal cause is its treeness. It's being a tree. It's meeting its telos, okay, uh, and it's it's glorifying God in doing that. Um, but when you spray gasoline at the base and it begins to die, all right, there's some privation, okay, privation. There's been nothing added to the tree except for maybe your gasoline, but that's actually not the death itself right? That, that's some incompatible substance that you've put with the tree. You, you've really not added anything to the tree itself. What's happening to the tree is the tree is dying. And, and what death is, 
is a thing moving from existence into non-existence. Or we might say it is a thing that is being moving into non-being. And that's often a process, right? Sometimes, I mean, it can be immediate if it just went out of existence immediately, being to non-being. But it's often a process, dying, right? Especially with trees. You know, they, they, they're, they're kind of like this long process by which a tree dies oftentimes. And then eventually falls to the ground and it's really nothing more than a log at some point. Uh, and then eventually disintegrates in, into soil. All right. And uh, and because of decomposers, you know, bugs and all of that, and, and, and it gets milled and ground down into soil eventually, and it's not a tree anymore. All right. Um, so so we re we refer to that as death. And, and what death is, is a is a privation of the good. All right. We, we'd all as Christians, we'd say death is evil. Right. It's it's a it's it's not just a side effect of the fall. It's not simply a result of sin. It is a result of sin. It's actually the birth child of sin, death is. But death's actually construed in the scriptures as an enemy. That's the last enemy that's going to put, be put under Christ's feet as a footstool, right? So death is something that's evil. And, 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 and what death is fundamentally is when something goes from being into non-being. It stops existing as it was created to exist. All right. Okay, now now that you kind of have it illustrated in, in metaphysical terms, let, let's move over to the moral or the ethical sphere, and we can see it in much the same way. Um, now, when, whenever, now it's a little different because you're not just talking about, you're not just talking about death itself, you know, the privation of being, so to speak which is akin to the privation of goodness. And it's very easy to see that in a tree. When you move over to the moral or the ethical sphere, it gets a little bit convoluted because, you know, you're obviously dealing with evil actions. And then the question becomes, okay, what makes those actions evil? Is it the actions themselves? And and oftentimes, actually, I would argue that, uh, that, that actions themselves are contextualized according to multiple variables: intentions, um, uh, the final cause. What's the you know what's the goal behind it? What's the outcome? The result? You know there there are all sorts of things that determine how bad something really is, like an action. Okay, but fundamentally, what is a sinful action? All right, if just answer this question simply as a Christian thinking in terms of the law. What is sin? It is any want. So that's lack, right? That's a lack. That's a privation. Any want of conformity unto the law of God. All right. So what is what is sin? We're talking again, we're, we've moved from the metaphysical field really now to ethics. They're not totally unrelated, but but they are distinguished. And when we move over to ethics and we ask the question, okay, well, what's evil in terms of ethics? It is a privation of, again, goodness, but construed in terms or measured in terms of one's lack of obedience to God's law. So again, sin, evil, even in the ethical sphere, is a privation. That is a privation of grace, 
Grace obviously perfects nature and enables obedience. And when grace is not present, chaos ensues, and we call that chaos sin. So again, it's what's not there. It's what's not there that that is grace, which results in something we might, which results in chaos. In other words, you know, grace perfected, this idea of grace perfecting nature. Grace is that which perfects nature. Grace is that which results in goodness, all right? And, And whenever goodness and grace are, uh, are, 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 or whenever a situation, we might say, is deprived of goodness and grace, we would call that situation sin, all right? So again, sin is what we call the privation of goodness, all right? And in terms of, of human actions and, and ethical decisions and all of that, it would be a failure, a want to obey the law of God. It would be what is lacking. Anyway, hopefully this this discussion was somewhat helpful. It's it's very introductory. It's very surface level. Really, just intended to get you to think about these things. That this this conversation right here is is fundamental in being able to answer some very serious, hard hitting questions that you're either going to experience pastorally, or you're just going to experience you know along with friends or skeptics. You know, this is a very practical stuff, really, to consider. And even in terms of your own life, when you encounter evil, say evil in yourself, your own sin, or the effects of someone else's sin, death, etc., thinking of it in terms like this, all right, of, of evil being a privation of the goodness. When you meditate on that and you realize the implications of that, it makes you hate evil all the more, and it makes you want to cling to goodness all the more. So God bless you guys. Hopefully this was helpful. If it was, please give it a share.